is that when you start to remove distraction, when you sit and you eat that meal that maybe normally would not make you feel good after or you would leave with guilt, it gives you an opportunity to see the emotions come up, right? And then you can see if those emotions or those thoughts are true. So if you set yourself up in a calm space, without distraction and experience a meal by yourself, this is gonna start to make major headway in your relationship to food. All right, welcome back everyone. I am Jess, I'm your host of this fun-filled, fabulous, maybe need some fact-checking podcast, I don't know. But here we are, and we've got our March version of the Ask the YTs. I got the Beach here. It's, uh, hey, Beach. Hey, I am super excited to be here. Are you? Yes, I am. You're super excited to be here right now. I'm awake and ready. But why are you milking these moments so bad right now? (laughs) Because I'm flying out in about an hour, heading towards the East Coast, and, uh, yeah, really want to soak up this SoCal sun, and I know that I'll be back, which is I which know. is um, making me happy. And you're leaving us for a while. You're leaving us for almost three weeks. So why don't you? Uh, why don't you? Why don't let's just jump in? What are you doing back there? This is super awesome, exciting yeah. stuff. I Ta- mean, taking the leap, getting into uh, yoga training, yoga teacher training. I'm taking the same training uh, group session that you took when we first moved to Newport. You did both both levels. I'm doing level one, so I'll be in a two-week intensive LLT, which is Live, Love, Teach Yoga Training in Wakefield, Rhode Island. It's a studio, part of the studio we used to practice at, Rhode Island Power Yoga, uh, when we lived back there. And I, I had the opportunity to do it back there, but for some reason, it wasn't the right time. So I need to fly all the way to the West Coast. That's the right time. And then fly all the way back east, which I'm doing today. But I'm excited. I'm I'm embracing, I'm embracing the snowstorm that just happened, and really excited to take part in this yoga training. I think I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to learn a lot about myself. And what is it? I'm curious. I don't think yeah. I've ever asked you this. What is it about Live Love Teach that is out of all the yoga programs that you could do within walking distance of our home here in Carlsbad? What is it about Live Love Teach that's pulling you 3,000 miles away to do? Well, first off, I can't speak to all the yoga practices that, yoga teachings that are around, so I just want to say that. You know, I, I am familiar. I th- and two, I want to say our trip across the country allowed us to experience a lot of yoga in different studios, and nothing was aligning with me, like the teaching at Rhode Island Power Yoga. The Live, Love, Teach way, for me, combines the the mindfulness, the quieting, and the physical practice of yoga. So the combination of the two, no music, no mirrors, breathing, for me, that aligns really well. It it balances what I do as an athlete. How do you find it to be different than what you experienced as we traveled the country and even what we have experienced um, t- uh, practicing here in California. Oh, I, f- I feel like there's so much talking. There's a lot of cueing of poses and a lot of chatter and not enough heat, but that's beside the point. 
but the talk, you know, you go into this, the yoga studio, you want to have a mindfulness practice. You want to, you want to listen to your breathing. You want to be, you want to be present. And when someone's constantly talking or you have the music playing, it's like competing. So you're trying to breathe, you're listening to the music and you're listening to the teacher. What is the focus? And and I just, I, I like the quiet practice, the quieter practice. I mean, the teacher's still giving cues, but it's minimal words. Yeah, so setting the environment for me is really important. I love to set the environment. And for uh, my chances of quieting my body and my mind come from having space and silence. Right, right. And we're not finding that. We have, well, we have not found that yet. We were on the road for six months and we have not found what we were looking for in that six months. However, I did just discover a teacher over at Black Sheep Yoga in Oceanside, Maria, who is from Massachusetts, of course, and she teaches Baptiste um, and she does not teach to music. Now, whether she does that only when I'm in the class, I don't know because she knows that I love the silence, but she does not teach to music and it's fabulous and there's no mirrors in that class and it allows me to deepen into my practice. Now I understand that, you know, a yogi of, you know, of a heightened measure should be able to, you know, find that quiet no matter what. And I have gotten to a point regardless of the music that's blasting and the mirrors and the talking and everything that's happening in a yoga class I can still focus on my breath, but unfortunately what happens is I'm tuning out the teacher, um, you know, I'm tuning out the music and there's a disconnect in the class. And so I really, I, I look for that connection with the teacher when the teacher is watching the class and, you know, anticipating the cues by watching the class, it's like they're speaking right to me. And so live, love, teach, I found offers that. And uh, I'm super psyched to teach side by side with you at some point uh, with you as a fellow LLT grad. That would be pretty cool. All right. So you're leaving us today, but here we are. We're recording our uh, session for March. Well, this will probably launch in a couple of weeks, but we've got some questions and um, we're going to dive right in. So so the first one comes from Brie uh, in Hawaii. Aloha, Brie. She has written in before. She's an mahalo. awesome. Mahalo. Yeah. Oh, mahalo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she <laughs> says she just has a general request. She wants to hear more about our new digs and our life in Carlsbad. So uh, thanks, Brie. Um, it's awesome to share. It's, you know, it's funny. I, I often think about maybe the perspective of people who followed our journey and even before we did the ride the high vibe tour all of our talk of living tiny and wanting a tiny house and although we're living tiny we're not in a quote-unquote tiny house and so I often wonder um, the perspective of what people are seeing you know in their minds of what our life looks like here so um, PJ why don't you describe our tiny living situation so we 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 landed in Carlsbad and we're in a 450 square foot studio apartment room room. <laughs> it's all there's one only, room. There's only one door. Well, two doors is the entryway, but there's the door to the bathroom. Besides that, everything else is wide open. And I'm standing 
in our kitchen, living room, bedroom, and foyer <laughs> all at once. And training area. And training area. And it's, it's pretty cool. I, th- I think you said once, when we leave, we look to make sure nothing's on. It's just one swoop. Like, we don't have to go upstairs or downstairs. It's like, we look around, and we're gone. Okay, we everything's everything. good. Right. Let's get out of here. And it's, it's pretty cool. And I, when we lived in our house, so let me just set the stage. Our first place that we bought in Boulder was um, 990 square feet. That was our townhouse that we bought. And then we got a really big dog, a Bernese mountain dog, my soul sister, who has since left this world. And literally, we had to buy a house. She demanded She demanded. She said, you need to buy a house. Like, screw this 990 square feet. So we bought an almost 2,100 square foot house, which felt totally natural to double the size. And at that point, which, gosh, was probably well over 10 years ago, I thought, well, you know, we'll just keep getting bigger from here. Like, maybe we'll pop the top and put on another story and all this stuff. I mean, it was a five-bedroom house. Like, technically, it was a five-bedroom house for two people and two dogs. And we both had our own office, and we had a bedroom, and the burner had her own bedroom. Spare bedroom, a training room, a bathroom downstairs. Yeah, a big laundry room. Garage. So had all this space. Yeah. And that's what I thought we were supposed to do. And, and we got grown up furniture and I would, this was a time in my life where I would like pine and ache over the pottery barn catalog. And I've talked about this before. And, you know, I would order these things that we couldn't afford and then they would come to our house and I would sit there. I would literally like sit with a glass of wine in the living room and like adore our furniture like it was so ridiculous now that I look back like it was so ridiculous like what was I was pulling some kind of sensory pleasure from that and then when we moved to back to Rhode Island we were like we want to downsize and at that point we were already on the tiny house train we were already like okay screw this I want to live in 500 square feet or 200 square feet or whatever the hell it is I just want to be small because I realized that when you have 2,100 square feet, you have to clean 2,100 square feet and vacuuming and ugh, it was not, it took hours to clean the house. And I thought there's way more things I could be, I could be volunteering, you know, and now I'm vacuuming this whole huge house for what, for who? So then we moved back to Newport and we got a 1,240 square foot house, which was my dream home. It was like a 110 year old Victorian cottage very New England, perfect, small little backyard, um, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Like it was small. It's small for American standards. And I thought, I'm never going to leave this house. And then I had a reading with my, our psychic, Maria. And she said, shortly after we moved in, she said, you're going you're gonna to sell this house. You're going to really change your perspective on this house and you're going to sell this house and you're going to, um, your life you, in fi- in five years, you're not even going to recognize the life that you're living right now. And I was like, what? I'm going to die in this house. I love this house. There's ghosts in this house. Like I love this place. And, um, so we went 1240 square feet and then we came out here and now we're at 450 square feet. So we keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I guess what I'm saying is like, I love it. I feel like I feel like this is, I mean, it sounds silly, but this is our home. And it's not like, I'm like, oh my God, I love it so much. You know, it's not that sensory, that temporary, like, oh my God, isn't it so great? It's like, yeah, this is our home. 
Like I'm completely content here. I feel like I've lived in Carlsbad for like five, 10 years. It just feels feel, like our yeah, home. Yeah, it feels comfortable. It doesn't feel like anything really changed. We kind of like slipped into this life here. And they asked us last night at the running group, they're like, what made you choose Carlsbad? And you know what? We the, <laughs> the forces of nature brought us here unknowingly. And this is where we ended up. It just We happened. walked into the studio and we were like, okay, perfect. Yeah, Great. works good. We'll take and it. every other place that we tried to go after was either like already gone or the person never got back to us or we like showed up and there was like 10 other people there. And for whatever reason, we just walked into this place and the lady was like, great, let's make it happen. And then we moved in two days later. And that's what living in flow feels like. Like everything can be like that. And I always remind myself of the apartment story, like remind yourself about how easy it was to find this home because when we stay in flow with the universe, that's how easy it is. Like we walked in, boom. So I'll do a tour, like I'll do a video tour and we'll put that in the show notes. That'll be fun. It's not going to take long. So, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so why don't you talk about the furnishings that we have? So we bought a bed. (laughs) Yeah. We had to get a bed. I guard my sleep with my freaking life. Easiest thing was the Casper bed, the Casper mattress. We just ordered it. It showed up at our door. We unfolded it and and there it was. And now it's part of our Yep. Part of our, our furniture here. And then we bought one of those IKEA shells, bookcases to kind of separate the bed from where you walk in the door. The foyer. Foyer. <laughs> and then we have a, a little closet uh with opening doors and wide open space and i'm sure you, you if you haven't seen look at some of our instagram photos it's our training room where we where we stand up our bikes we have one bike each and one trainer so that's it minimalized two bar stools at the bar in the kitchen which and, acts as our office yep standing desk area we have a fireplace which is a super bonus total bonus we have high ceilings total bonus we have a ceiling fan bonus and one thing i thought which I'd never considered before was we have a three quarter full fridge and it's like, how are we going to do it without a full fridge? And I don't even think about that. No, I love it. Yeah. We just, we pack it with our beautiful food from yeah. the market and then we eat that food and then we go out and we get more. Like it's yeah. just, it's, it's super abundance. Easy. And then the bathroom is basic bathroom, but you know, it's got great shower power, mm-hmm. super key, no mm-hmm. tub. And what else? Oh, we have a little patio area. Little tiny. I'm talking small, like the size of Jess. <laughs> you know what Jess is. <laughs> like I can fit out there. But it's a nice little space. We open the sliding door and it, it Yeah. And there's up. been times where you're uh, training on the bike and I'm out in our little outdoor space meditating. You know, that's a little refuge out. That's all I need. We have what Everything we, we need. need. Yep. We have what we need and... The best part is that I have this little butler thing, which is like a little broom in like a bucket, like a little... And how long does it take you to, to sweep oh my up God. the place? And I, I'm like a pretty thorough sweeper. Like, I don't even know. It takes me a half an hour maybe to do a thorough clean on the house. So I love that. Now I can spend my time... I, I found time to dedicate, you know, more to my meditation or my yoga practice or, you know, raising my own vibe. That's the only way that we're going to be able to continue doing what we do is for you and I to continue raising our vibe. That's all, that's all any of us have to do. Which I think is pretty high right now. 
It's a pretty high vibe. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. So yeah. one of the things that I talked about a lot on the tour and leading out to this trip and this move and everything was that I could feel this expansive energy. I could feel, I couldn't really explain it, but I could feel that there was something really expansive out here. And now I can say that I'm sitting and living in that expansive energy. Things are more available here. It's, it's very dense back in New England. And even though I had a strong meditation practice and yoga practice, it's almost like you hit, I felt like I hit a ceiling there where I needed more expansion. And I now like live and breathe that expansion. I can't explain it in a way that's intellectually uh, suitable. Like you couldn't, it's not something I can really put into words. It's more of a knowing and a feeling that I'm now sitting in that expansive energy. And what I can say is that the meditation of my sitting practice is uh, seeping into my life in such a profound way. An example last night was we were at the... Um, run North Country. The speed workout with Run North County. And North County. the speed workout, which is basically in our backyard. It's so close. So we go to the speed workout on Tuesday nights. We're going to do eight 600s and um, running you know, as fast as I can. I think my max heart rate last night was 188. And so I've been doing endurance sports and speed workouts and stuff like that for a long time as a yogi. But this has happened twice now in the last week where I, I've had the calm mind in those moments. Like I can have the calm mind in the intensity, but I had this deep within feeling that was exactly the same as when I sit in meditation. It was effing crazy. Like I was like, oh my God, that's it. Like it's not just the calm mind. I had this, like, it was like I was sitting in meditation that calm and still and, like, peaceful. And then I had this, like, body that was going crazy. Um, and so that's one of the things that, you know, it's with meditation, just you start to achieve higher levels of consciousness at no extra effort. And I believe that the expansiveness of the energy out here has, is really helping me along with that. So another bonus is that we're a block and a half from the ocean. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Let's oh, okay. get into location. Yeah, we're a block that's... and a half from the ocean. So explain why we're not in a tiny house, but we're close to the ocean. Right. So <laughs> we, did, we were pursuing the tiny house pretty relentlessly here in the communities on the coast. And we, we actually met up with a guy who is building the tiny homes. I think we have a video of that on Facebook. Super cool tiny homes. The, the problem with the tiny home movement, not, not the problem, the challenge, is finding beachfront space to park your tiny home where it's legal. Now, you can walk around the neighborhoods here and you can see little tiny back door there's so much of that going on tiny houses and you're like somebody is definitely living there there's a door and there's a window yeah. and, and that's under the radar and it's it's knowing the people and the community and getting in there and we just don't have that connection yet so in the meantime what we're doing is we're we're living by the by the water which is what we want to do we can go inland we can go 
you know, two or three towns inland, and there's plenty of land and to park a tiny home. Gorgeous. And it's beautiful. Tons of trails. Mountains. However, it's just beautiful here. Right at this point in, in juncture in our life, we feel so compelled to be right here by the water. And literally, it takes Clark, you and I, five minutes to walk down to. It's 400. And f- didn't you say it was like 400 steps or something like something that? Something like that. And yeah. we're at the ocean's edge. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it couldn't be. It's, we have attained what so many people, because there were naysayers and we love them, but we have attained what so many naysayers said we, we could never attain. Anything is possible. And then the other thing that we love so much about this area is like the activity. Because the weather is so agreeable, there's at any point in the day, you can go outside and see pelotons of people cycling, running, walking. It, everybody really appreciates the outdoors here and being able to get outside and commune with nature. And that's the whole thing about being able to live tiny is having the availability to be outside 365 days a year because we, we contain ourselves in these boxes. You know, it's like, get outside. Why do you need this big box to live in? Just what do you really need? What do you really need? And you would think that since we moved somewhere, we had somewhere to put our clothes, that we'd have all these like clothes. I'm still wearing, I'm still in this freaking Lululemon skirt that I have on right now that I've worn like every day since June. And I just packed up, I just packed up the one carry on suitcase that we had on our trip. And it's pretty much all my clothes. I think I have two shirts hanging up and a sweater in the closet and that's everything else is packed to go back like i haven't accumulated a lot more and i'm I'm kind of shocked by it and i actually think i have less because we realize that we just we have what we need like i'm in i'm fully clothed right now which we're going to talk about not being fully clothed in a little bit we will but um right now i'm fully clothed and i've got what i need so okay so then the um what about like Life? Well, I think one thing to, to touch upon, which is funny, is that our bedroom and the training room and the kitchen are all in one room, right? So, Some challenges, yeah, right? Yeah, well, I mean, challenges, whatever. Chal- a, just a new, a new normal. Sure. So a couple weeks ago, it was like a Saturday, and I was just, my physical body was spent. This was prior to the experience that I had last night, where I had the meditative calm in the middle of physical chaos. I had yet to achieve that. And I was on the bike and my legs were just like burning and, you know, it was calm in the mind. I wasn't fighting it. I was just going, I was just getting the work done. We got to get the work done as endurance athletes. And you and Clark are like in bed, which is literally five feet from me, resting. And I'm like on the bike. So we've got these contrasting things. It's, I love it because it's like, it's, it's like what you what you want, what you think you want is right there. But the fact is like I had a B on that bike and I was committed to finishing that workout. And you've had similar experiences yeah. with me in the kitchen. I'll come home from work and I have to jump on the trainer and I've been doing hard sets. So really focused hour hard sets and I'll jump on the bike and it's like 5.30, 6 and you start cooking dinner. And I'm trying to plow through this really hard set with no music and just try and like really <laughs> soak up the experience and then I smell like I'm like testing recipes black bean burritos and I'm like that smells so good cinnamon quinoa breakfast <laughs> so yes it's it there are new new normals I love that it we're, we're getting to and, and 
it's just it, it goes back to why you're doing this like do you you know there's all different levels of challenges and and this is our little challenge of why are you continuing to do these training sessions and it all falls into the drive and the purpose that we have and right and then having these like really nice sensory experiences dangle around sure. you and staying focused within that right right moving away from these temporary sensory pleasures and in the past the reaction might have been oh just please stop cooking right now or i can't do this workout right now that may have been a past experience but now it's like i know my thought process those thoughts come in and i let those thoughts come in and i let those thoughts go out and it's like this is the challenge like stay focused just let it move through just you. let it move through don't yeah. put a label on it and and that's the whole thing about the mindfulness <laughs> practice that's the whole that right there i know it's so cool though. And the thing is that we have these great coffee shops and BJ and I are really good in the fact that if one of us needs to be alone, we just let the other be alone. And that's such a big thing for, I think, a successful relationship is don't make it about you. If the person needs to be alone or they're in a cranky mood, just let them have it. Just let them be there and be concerned with yourself. Don't be concerned with them. Give them space to breathe because that's exactly what they need. They need space to move through the muck. And um, so our life here is, I feel like in these last couple of weeks, we've really started to, the immersion that we've been doing into the community is really starting to come alive. So I mentioned how everybody is out there and they're working out and everything, but there's so, there is a group workout like every day like Sometimes, last night i was like do i want to do the fun run at endurance house or should i do the speed workout or yeah there's like a morning run and should i go to Pasquitos canyon and do right. the trail run like there's so many things going on here so we've been involved with run north county in a volunteer we've been volunteering what did you do last uh, tuesday or wednesday night yep you endurance house which is in oceanside awesome awesome place uh so if anybody's coming in for oceanside 70.3 listen up you want to go to you want to get involved with oceanside um, endurance house and oceanside uh they're an awesome triathlon store multi-sports store matt and sabrina who own it and i just reached out to them and i was like hey this is who we are and we just want to serve the community and get immersed in the athlete community so we i can teach yoga we can do talks or whatever and they were so welcoming like they are awesome and so last uh wednesday night the they have their own triathlon team and they ditched their spin uh, workout and they let me come in and I taught yoga to the triathlon team, which was super fun. And perfect because they had just done the desert try yep. that weekend. So it was like, it was perfect timing. It was awesome. And they all needed it. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. They all needed it. it and then you're awesome. also doing, what are you doing after Oceanside? And then Oceanside 70.3, which is on Saturday, April 1st on Sunday, April 2nd, I believe it's at 9am. So stay tuned. If you're going to be racing that race, stay tuned for this. Um, I'll post more information, but I'm going to be teaching a yoga class. So super restorative yoga class because it's just going to be a big pile of inflammation. I understand that. So we're going to do a super easy um, restorative class to get you in that parasympathetic healing nervous system, get the lymph and the blood and everything flowing in your body and get you recovered. So that's going to be a free yoga class at Endurance House the day after Oceanside 70.3. I will be out there volunteering that day. 
And then um, I'm also teaching a yoga for athletes class at Black Sheep Yoga on Saturdays from 4 to 5 p.m. And then I've been doing a little teaching at Evolve Yoga in Encinitas, which we have befriended Chris and Anna, who are the owners, and they are just one of the loveliest cool. couples. Yeah. We just love them. We've known them in other lifetimes for sure. They are the sweetest. Um, I did a little volunteering at a yoga studio here in the village for a couple months and then something just told me that I needed to open up space and so I let that go but again I was like really met some beautiful people a uh, one girl that we want to bring on the podcast who has an amazing story with her and her um, uh, autistic son it's so beautiful so I think we'll be bringing her on the podcast. And that's what I've been doing. Um, you guys know we had announced it a couple months ago that I'm working on a cookbook for athletes. And um, so I'm, I worked on that all day yesterday. It's been really fun. I'm getting some chapters together and I'm going to put a book proposal together and see if we can't get that published. So I've really been immersing myself in that and doing some teaching anywhere I can. And then BJ, what have you been doing? My sugar daddy. <laughs> My sugar daddy. So with my web background, web design, if you haven't seen our new website, check it out. It's awesome. It's pretty sweet. Uh, I'm working with Xterra Wetsuits here in San Diego area. They are one of the most popular uh, wetsuit companies, and they've been around for years. Aren't they like the number one yeah. selling wetsuit they, in the world? They are. And they've been around for a long time, and Keith and Glenn... Super cool guys. I think everybody in triathlon knows them. Um, and I'm just very, you know, lucky to have the opportunity to work with them. That was another ridiculously, like, you walked into that job. And it's just a part-time job. And it's, right. like, it's just amazing that you can rely on the skills. But that was another, like, apartment story. Like, you literally walked into that job. They were like, we don't interview anyone and we want to hire you. Right. It just, it's just, <laughs> everything aligns. And if you just open up and don't put hard hard lines on things and just be open to what could possibly happen, then the, the, this is exactly, we're living it. Like this is the flow. Yeah. This is the flow. So I'm working, working down there a few days a week. It's, it's not close, but it, it, it sets me up for a routine. So when you see my posts Tuesday morning, I'm getting my, I wake up at 4.30 and get to the pool for 5.15, 5.30. So I can beat the traffic on the five because everybody knows about the traffic on the five. <laughs> so I beat that and I get, I do, I work with them on their, on their web stuff. And you've met some really cool people there. You've made some really cool connections yeah. through working with Xterra. Yep. Like you were, um, you had a meeting with the guy from Slow Twitch and right. Like yeah. you're meeting some really super cool Lots dudes. Lots of connections. So it, it's, it's, it's aligning with what my passion and, in life, my life is. Yeah. And, and other, what's filling my other time is coaching my athletes. Oh, which you love so oh, much. I love it. And I've got two uh, athletes who are, who are so close to the Boston Marathon. I mm -hmm. think it's uh, like a month away now. They're first Boston Marathons, and I'm super stoked for them. And actually, I'll be running with them this weekend, uh, which is just perfect timing again. Like, I didn't plan it, but it just falls into place. And accepting new athletes and continuing to build our brand and social media and, and just believing in yogi triathlete right. because we're you guys are sending us emails and notes that i mean it's just unbelievable you have no idea the perfect timing that those arrive telling us to keep doing what we're doing telling us that we're on the right track telling us that you love our message like 
You guys have no idea. That's like a paycheck right there. That's like us saying like, okay, yep, that's a sign. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And we've been working with people, just serving people. People are reaching out to us who are dealing with injury right now. And, you know, we might not coach them, but now we're working with them through, I'm working with them through our, my mindfulness sessions. And it's just, it's so unbelievable that it's like, every day a little bit like another tier on the cake you know it just yeah. gets you get presented keep and putting the energy out and that's what yeah. we've consistently done is put that put that energy out there and you know we'll joke and, and say like who's actually listening to the podcast or who's visiting our website and then we'll get like you said a random email and just a quick little two-line thing of how one sentence that was stated in a podcast has affected the way they have changed they they serve food to their family or address people at work like those little tiny signs yeah and i think it was brie who actually sent in this question reached out to us and said like that she was doing some cleaning out with her her husband like they were doing some cleaning out of their home and the stuff that they have and you know like just simplifying and minimalizing and looking at what they actually need and that's so unbelievable that just hits us so deep in our hearts so thank you so much and keep those things coming um all right so i think that's oh we have one more thing to announce especially for people who are local here on april 27th bj you're going to be doing a talk at endurance house Tell but, about that talk. So the talk is about how to thrive on a plant-based diet as an endurance athlete. And for those that were in Lake Placid, this was supposed to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, were, you were thriving there. <laughs> I was not thriving on a plant-based diet leading into... <laughs> no, you were. You just got... You had some karma to work yeah, out. Yeah, I had some karma. But that's, that's all worked out. And so now I'm bringing it back. And I'm, I'm really passionate about the the plant-based nutrition benefits for athletes whether that's a triathlete or swimmer or, or yogi doesn't matter what or just a regular person like thriving on this diet is has by far changed my life and my performance and so we're tailoring this this talk specifically to endurance athletes so if you're in oceansides the san diego area please uh make take note of april 27th i'm I'm really excited to give this uh, give this talk with you. Uh, you'll be there. I know, but I'm going to be in the background this time. That's fine. You got to take. You're taking the reins. I'm taking the Giddy reins. Get up, yeah. baby! You're taking. Yeah, the I am reins. the plant based Iron Man. You are the plant based dude. So yeah. If you can't get there for it for some reason, please you know reach out to us anyway through our social media accounts or website, and I'd be happy to to uh, share any any insight and answer any questions you may have. Yeah. So that's kind of our life. We're lining up podcast interviews. We're going up to LA um, at the end of the week, uh, at the end of the first week in April. We've got some inter some really awesome interviews set up in LA, and um, we appreciate your support of this show, you guys. Please consider becoming a patron on Patreon. Like a couple bucks a month is going to help us so much. Just to keep the show alive, we really believe in it. We feel like we're supposed to be doing it, but we do need the we do need the support at this point. So, um, also the Amazon banner ad is super helpful. And then other than that, we're just racing. We're prepping for our races. I've got in my first ultra marathon in thirty seven days. Yeah. And where are you and doing that? Up in Mendocino. Cool. Under the direction of uh, race director Sid Garza Hillman. 
uh, author, philosopher, actor, plant- creator of the big freaking salad. Yeah, freaking salad. We'll put that in the show notes. Best video ever. And um, then Santa Rosa 70.3, three weeks later. And then you're doing Ironman Santa Rosa. And then Ironman Arizona, uh, Boulder Peak in July. So we'll be on the race scene. I like, kind of feel like I want to do another ultra. So we'll see what is around. I love trail running. It's totally different than running on the concrete. And I feel like I'm a little scared that I might be ruined. Like I might, like people have told me, don't go to trail running until you're done with triathlon. And I am not done with triathlon, but I'm loving trail running. But what, what of the trail running has made the experience a little bit better? You stumbled upon some shoes. Oh yeah. I got some trail shoes, which is huge. I have the ultra superior twos, which literally I got them. And the next day I went out and did an hour and a half trail run and they are amazing. I absolutely love them. They've got the zero drop. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I just put them on. I was like, these are comfortable. So I'm going to go run in them. Like I didn't get cut. Like someone said zero drop. I was like, whatever. And then I noticed after maybe like my fourth run that like my plantar fascia was a little tight and I'm like, oh, that's probably the zero drop situation. Like I don't have that arch support, but it's fine. I feel great. My body's adjusting to them. Yeah. Should we move into our next topic? Yeah, let's talk. So we had a lot of feedback from our episode last month about body image. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Um, There was a request for me to take people through my story of body image issues and eating disorders and how I healed that within myself, which um, I honestly believe that I have healed so beautifully. And, um, and now I'm really able to live myself, you know, live my life in a very authentic way because I believe in, in the beauty that is me, that my body, my, um, my ability to shine, um, the light that is deep within me, uh, in this world and to plant seeds and to, you know, shine the light on others. And it had so much to do with overcoming this. So people wanted to know more tools about how to heal their relationship with food and also heal from body image issues. So the first thing I want to say is that if you're suffering from these things, if you've got a, a, a misalignment in your relationship to food, if you have a misalignment in the person that you're seeing in the mirror, if there's negative self-talk about your body, and, and this is my personal perspective based on my experience, is that you know, there's an imbalance. It's, it's, it's so much deeper than looking in the mirror and thinking that you're fat or being like, oh my God, I shouldn't eat this piece of cake, but I'm going to eat this piece of cake and now I'm going to feel like crap. It's, those are, I, I see those as symptoms of, of a very deep imbalance that has not been dealt with yet, that has not been healed yet. And so it's coming out in these ways. It's almost like the alcohol, the alcohol is not the issue for the alcoholic. It's like, it's like the symptom of the the symptom that's coming up from something deeper. You know, the fever is not the issue. It's the imbalance in the body that's causing the immune response. And the symptom that comes from that is the fever. So how does one figure out what that symptom is or how do how do they start pursuing well, where I, that symptom is understanding that it's a full spectrum change 
So stop thinking about like, how do I change my relationship to the way my thighs, I think my thighs look, or how do I change the relationship to um, the, the food that I'm eating? It's a full spectrum, you want, it's a full spectrum change. So number one, if what you're doing, have been doing in the past is not working, okay, it's time to reassess. There's a fork in the road, you keep going left, 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 and you keep getting the same results, the same results, the same results. Okay, we, you need to go right. It's time to reassess. It's time to let go of what you've been doing in the past because it's not working. Or what you're seeing because the marketing is like, you know, the, the, yeah. the quick six-pack abs. Like, here's your, the three exercises you need yeah. to do. Like, that's not, like, you got to go the opposite direction than that. Yeah, and understand what you're up against. I'm glad you said that, BJ. The, one of the main issues is, is that we're not seeing naked bodies enough. Okay, so I've been doing this thing in the locker room since this whole body image thing came up. I'm like just walking around the locker room naked, like with the intention of like, ladies, just look at me, like, look at my body, look at my thighs, look at my belly. Like, I don't care what you look at. Take a good long look because this is a regular body. I'm 45 years old. I don't think it's too bad. I think it's pretty awesome. But you know, there's like, I've got like the skin now on the inside of my knees. I don't understand what that is. It's just being 45. Like my vehicle is starting to age. It's no big deal. So the problem is we're not seeing regular naked bodies enough. We're seeing, um, you know, if you are indulging in that low vibe porn stuff, which really is low vibe, if you are indulging in that kind of thing, you're still not really even seeing like a regular body. You're seeing a porn star body. In movies, you're seeing, you know, a, um, a fit body, you know, a, a perfect, quote unquote, perfect body. In, you know, magazines are like the worst. Like it's, you're not seeing what is real. You're not seeing what is real. And so one of the things I, I have done for a while is I love to just be like naked in the house because I, I put coconut oil on when I get out of what? No complaints here. Okay. At all. I put coconut oil on my body when I get out of the shower. And so I like that to soak in. And so, I don't know, this started a long time ago, just by default. And I just like walk around the house naked until it's, until it's soaked in. Unfortunately for the Cox communication guy, he totally saw me naked. And then two days after we moved into this place, the maintenance guy, Jesus, who's the sweetest guy, he saw me naked. But I'm like, I don't even care because it's a body and it's not even who I am. So get naked and walk around. Start with just walking around your house when you're alone. Feel your body in its full form. Feel your posture, how you're holding yourself. Like, if you're suffering from these things, there's a disconnect between you and your body because you're, there is, you're, you've lost the ability to see it in its perfect magnificence, which is what it is all the time. The other thing that it is, is it's also a reflection of truth. So, you know, maybe my triceps aren't as taut as they were, tw as they were 20 years ago, but whatever. That's the truth of a 45-year-old vehicle, you know? 
And so just feeling yourself and walking around and being comfortable in your own skin when you're alone, do that. And then also just, I love the coconut oil thing. It's, it's so good for your body. And it also, if you massage it all over your body, when you come out of a shower, it's like you're moving the lymph and you're getting circulation. It's so, so good for you. So it's like this full spectrum thing. Let's get back to that. And so one of the things, understand what you're up against is that our society is not showing you what is real and what's under your clothes is what is real and it's beautiful and it's magnificent. And so if there is an imbalance there, the first thing that is necessary is your commitment to heal it, your commitment to heal it. So you are the only one who can heal it. And that said, I also want to say that you're not alone that having like-minded people in a community that you can rely on is going to be really supportive to your success. Why do you think people go outside? Why, why don't they look inside? So you're saying look inside, which I totally get, but why, what is it that's... It's the projection. We're not, because we're not, we're, it's, it's classic projection and denial. We're in denial of what is going on truthfully in within ourselves. And so we look out and we see it in other people. We see there, well, that girl's a control freak or she's kind of a bee. Or, so we pick apart other people's Right. Problems. And what and what those are, those are the things that are unhealed within us. So it's looking inside of those things. And it's not that what you're doing is mean or wrong. It's just projection. And it's, uh, it's the byproduct of being a human. Um, but the byproduct of being an awake human is that you start to see like, oh gosh, look at that. That is me. And then you're able to heal it. And then the other thing it does is that it creates a compassion so that when you see that person, maybe who isn't so nice that is picking apart other people, you have compassion for them because you're like, wow, I've been there. And you don't know their situation. And, and they don't know situation. your situation. Right. So back to how you tap in. So Yeah. So uh, you got to start looking at, forget about how your thighs look or what's on the plate in front of you. Let's stop there. Look at the vibe of your life. So what are you putting into you and into your awareness? So everything that we do leaves an impression on our minds. What's everything? The conversations that we have with people, the things that we choose to read, the things that we choose to watch on television, the things that we see on the internet, um, not giving us time to uh, away from technology, the things that we put into our bodies, everything leaves an impression. So it's starting to look at the vibe of your life. So you could say like, well, wait a minute, I'm a really healthy person. Okay. So you're a really healthy person. Do you have a television? What are you watching on the television? Are you watching shows where people are disrespecting other people? Are you watching shows where there's violence? Are you watching shows where there's horror? Are you watching shows where um, people are making fun of other people and gossiping about people? Like this is all, if you look at it from a yogi perspective, it's all, um, it's all violence. And so as a yogi, you want to practice ahimsa, nonviolence, nonviolence to others, nonviolence to yourself. So understand that even if you say like, oh, I just want to zone out and just watch the show, 
then what is it that you're putting in? Because it, it's leaving a, an impression on your subconscious. And this is what your subconscious is, is where all of this imbalance is, is really coming from. So you want to look at, you know, the food that you're eating. Is the food that you're eating dead food? Like dead food. Um, and not, I'm not just talking about animals because that is actually dead food. But so a lot of people who listen to this are plant-based people. But dead food, think about as crackers, rice cakes, chips, that's all dead food. It's pretty much nutritionally devoid. So are you putting dead food in your body? Are you eating leftovers? Leftovers is a big one because even if it's like a vegetable casserole or something like that, it's still, it's now it's another, like you've already cooked it and now it's in the refrigerator. And so it's starting to become dead itself. So let me just stop you right there. So that to me, you're changing Right there, you're changing your relationship with the food that you're eating. Yeah. It's not something you make and then you go the next day and you have the leftovers and you're trying to eat it fast. So you're taking the time. If it takes extra time to cook, you're taking that time each day, an extra five or 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's your cha- So right there is that step in being conscious and changing your relationship with how you are working with food. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that. So it's like creating... A great thing to do is to create... Um, a ritual around your food when you are and ritual can be just a mindset like when I go in to prepare dinner and sometimes it's you know at the end of a long training day or I'm just I'm my physical body is exhausted my legs like sometimes I'm like oh my god I just need to sit down my legs are so achy but I stop and I realize that I'm cre- I'm creating the nutrition to fuel our bodies. And so I create ritual around that where I feel the food, I feel the cuts, um, I'm grateful for the abundance. Like every single day I say thank you for the wildly abundant life that I get to live. And many times I don't know where the next dollar is that I'm, I'm going to be making, you know, but I am living in full abundance within that. And so creating ritual and gratitude around your food and seeing your food as fuel. So how are you seeing your fuel, your food? Are you seeing it as fuel? Because it's nothing more than that. Right. It's how, again, it's how we have uh, built our relationship around food and the marketing and the advertising and the taste of it. And and I love listening to Lucho or, you know, Tim Wagoner on Endurance Planet because he just talks consistently about what, what, is, what is food for? What, why do we have food? Is right. it because it tastes so good? That's a, that's a byproduct of it. We need f- food for fuel. That is, and, and I know it's stripping away the, the, the glamour of it, but what it really does is fuel our body to be active during the day. Well, what you're removing when you say that is the emotion, Right. So it's removing the emotion from food and also removing, remove the nostalgia. Like, oh, my mother always used to make this, you know, cream based, blah, 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 heart attack soup. And so I have to make it. And then every time she makes it, I have to eat it. And then I feel super sick afterwards. And it's like, whoa, none of that's good for you. Like remove the nostalgia of food you know, remove the emotion around food. And so whatever you need to do to do that mantras, sticky notes, whatever it it takes to change your mindset around what food is, it is fuel. 
And that said, it's an energetic entity. Everything is energy. The, the mouth that I am using and the vocal cords that I'm using right now to speak are energy. That's it. This whole existence is a series of protons and electrons and neutrons. Like it's all energy. And so we can affect the nutrition of the food through our mindset. And Dr. I think it was Dr. Emoto. Uh, yeah, Dr. Emoto's work with the rice and the and the water crystals where he had like glasses of water. He had water under a microscope and he would talk to it and say words like hate, I hate you and and the you sh- the crystallization of the of the water was just awful. It would like would turn brown and really ugly. And then he would say, I love you, you're beautiful, you're, you're nourishing, you're hydrating. And the crystals of the water would create these beautiful crystals. And so we, he also did one with rice, uh, and I can put those in the show notes, but it's, it's energy. So the mindset that you have around the food, whether you've prepared it, whether you are preparing it, or you're just eating it, you're going to affect the nutrition around that. So the negativity is not only going to affect the nutrition of the food in a negative way, it's going to actually change its energetic makeup, but it's going to create stress in your body. And stress in your body is going to affect your ability to digest the food, which is a parasympathetic nervous system process, which is your healing nervous system. This is why people who are super stressed are usually like, totally constipated or people who are anxious or fearful or anything that puts you in that sympathetic nervous system have a really hard time with digestion and moving things out of their body. Uh, So digestion is a healing nervous system process. So you want to eat mindfully, eat slow, eat without technology, eat without reading, eat without talking. There's um, some, some research that you know, people who do more than just eat when they eat weigh like 18% heavier on average. So I love the, you know, just the really, the simplicity of the Buddhist mindset, which is when you eat, just eat. When you drive, just drive. When you talk, just talk. Just forget the multitasking one thing at a time. Now, I understand that that may create a complete volcanic eruption in your life. So try this. One meal a week, no technology, no other distractions, just you and your food. That's it. Whether that's in, I don't care where it is. It could be on the side of the road. Just you and your food. Yeah, and taste it. Chew it. Savor every bite. Think about the, the effort that went into making that food. Like all those, all those sensory points are so important to what is going in your mouth and what ends up in your belly. It's and, super important. Yeah, and just like saying, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat this meal without anything else makes you a mindful person. And that's a mindful practice right there. Watch how many times you reach for your phone because oh, we've done this. Yeah. We've done this and you've watched me and I, I'm like th- reaching for my phone and it's like, nope, nope. Yeah. And it's such a habit. It's such a habit. If you want to take it up a notch, that's one of my favorite things is because I'm here by myself when BJ's at Xterra and I'll sit and have lunch 
you know, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll make myself lunch. And right on one side of me, I'll have my computer. And on the other side of me, I have my phone. And I'll sit right in between it and I'll chew each bite, try and chew each bite at least like 30 times. And the impulses that I have to check my phone and the justification about checking my phone and then the re-justification about checking my phone and it's insane. And so this idea of practicing not responding to every impulse of your mind is going to get you into that space between stimulus and the way that you react to that. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, stimulus, 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 there's going to be a gap between you looking in the mirror and the response that you're going to have about the way that you look or the food that you're going to be about to eat. So the mindfulness thing is everything to getting in the gap. And the gap for, for most people, because I can speak to this, it doesn't, it, it exists, but it's like, it, it's yeah. so quick. What this mindfulness practice does is it expands that gap. So you start to see the gap. And even just realizing that there is a gap is a step forward. Because I, I can generalize here, but I bet most people don't even know there's a gap there. It's like, here's, here's the stimulus and here's my reaction. Yeah, because this is how I am. I'm so this, this is how I am. The, this the, is the how I am. Like, thought, the confirming thought, the confirming verbalization of it. Yeah, it's the story. So when we start to remove the distractions, um, and I experienced this on a really major scale when we rid ourselves of pretty much everything we owned and moved into a Honda Fit for six months, which I was laughing with my mother about yesterday because I was like, I guess that was a little extreme. She's like, Yeah, I'd say it was a little extreme. But what I realized early on is that you can get rid of everything. You can get rid of all the photos of your grandparents and your wedding photos and your friend photos and your nephew photos <laughs> and all of your... Your old dogs. Yeah, <laughs> your, your, your family heirlooms. You can get rid of everything, but you cannot get rid of yourself. So what happened to us over that six months is that we stripped ourselves away of distraction and then the two of us sat in a car for six months, I mean, essentially, and we drove, I just did our taxes, we drove 7,000 miles to go 3,000 miles, which is, that's a feat, and we got to work on ourselves and see our imbalances and get in the gap and either indulge those imbalances and make them more imbalanced and bigger, or we could heal them. And how much of that 7,000 miles do you think we were actually listening to the radio or music or a oh podcast? No, like not, I don't even, I don't recall. Sometimes like there was a couple times where we were driving in the dark and it was late and we popped on like the 80s thank god I think there's some video for, proof like, of that night too night ranger so. thank god yes. for night ranger but, but for the most part we were sitting side by side in our space and we could talk or not talk right right mm -hmm. and being comfortable with each other that this is okay and if we want to have a conversation we did but respecting each other's space became more more prevalent as the trip went on like this is, this is where we are right now. We don't need music. It, it actually became a distraction. I think we were both like, I at least would turn on the radio and then two seconds later I would turn it off because it just was a vibration that I wasn't aligning with. And I know you were the same, but 
Yeah, I was just praying for those two minutes that you would shut we, it off. We spent a lot of time in quiet and listening yeah. to Clark snore in the back. So what we're saying is that when you start to remove distraction, when you sit and you eat that meal that maybe normally would not make you feel good after or you would leave with guilt, it gives you an opportunity to see the emotions come up right? And then you can see if those emotions or those thoughts are true. So if you set yourself up in a calm space without distraction and experience a meal by yourself, this is going to start to make major headway in your relationship to food. And so you guys, this was like the big one was like, how do I create a healthier relationship with food? Start here. Eat in a mindful way one, one meal a week. And I, I really would love to hear about your experiences. It's going to, it's my experiences. It's one of the hardest things that you can do, but it's so, so profound. And then let's move on from that because we'll start to wrap it up here. So, starting to create ritual around your food, I think, is a really good thing. A mindfulness is essentially what I'm saying in your uh, purchasing of the food at the market, in your preparation of the food, what kind of energy are you infusing it in, with, and what is the energy that you are sitting within as you're consuming it, and then after as your body is digesting it, are you creating stress in your body which is affecting your digestion? You know, so starting starting to look mm -hmm. at those things is really gonna. You're going to realize that like, oh gosh, this is all just a, a symptom of something greater, you know, and then you can really get to the essence of what it is. And then through mindfulness, you can heal that as well. The other thing that I strongly believe in is cultivating an attitude of gratitude. So like I said, even on days where like, I don't know where, you know, especially when we first moved here and there was no income and it was like you know, our coaching or whatever, but, you know, we went from a pretty hefty, in comfortable income back in Newport to, you know, like not much. And so even in those moments where I didn't know where the next dollar was going to come from, I would wake up every morning and say, thank you for this wildly abundant life that I get to live. Thank you. Thank you for bringing so much money into my life. Even, you know. And money has different forms. Basically, money has different yeah, forms. Currency it, it is, is everything. Right. It's, it's meaning it takes on many different forms. So journaling. Journaling was a big one. And, and choo you had said this when we were talking prior to recording, BJ, is choosing your words so carefully. Yeah, you get into that. You get into your story and you always say, oh, I'm not a good runner or... I eat like this. Be I eat like this because that's that's what works for me. Or I chose this option because that's who I am. And you start to believe this stuff when actually when you start to journal, and you write down what you're actually saying, or you find that gap in the pause. And I've I've actually experienced this a lot lately. You have that trigger of that vocalization of your thought. When in reality, is it true? Who says it's true? You, you constantly say things over and over again. And what my challenge is to you, all you listeners out there, is to spend one day, or let's break it down, one hour of your day. And for that one hour, switch your thought process around and, and try to be more open. Try to, um, I use the example of you walking to the pool, like you went from the locker room to the pool and you passed one or two people. 
do you stare at your feet and just you're trying to get to a lane or do you raise your head and you say good morning how was your swim or how are you doing and and great job and just being that person who is proactively going out there to engage with people. Because a lot of what we find as humans, and I know that BJ and I have both found it when we really started to look in beyond the symptom and into our imbalances, was feelings of unworthiness. And this is very much ingrained in the human condition. So, you know, going back to like, how you hold yourself and do you have your head down, you know, looking people in the eye, making connection. You are worthy of that. You are worthy of that. So I love that idea of choosing your words, how you speak in the world carefully, but when you're journaling, let it, yeah, like, to- let absolutely. it rip, like let it rip. Absolutely journal journal in a way where you set the intention to burn the pages and maybe you burn the pages. I don't care what you do, but write like you're going to burn those pages and nobody's ever going to see them again because you got to move whatever that sludge is. You got to move that crap out. It's digging. It's digging deeper. You talked about somebody who considers what is healthy, like in your your journal, write down healthy and what you consider to be healthy. Like what are your thoughts about being healthy and then see how that matches up with your actions. Yeah, and then journal and then do some gratitude journaling. So journaling about what you love about your body and then can you infuse those areas that are being abused, right? Like being abused and neglected, can you infuse that with love? What is it about those areas of the body that are not worthy of your love? I also love to do journals where I journal like I have already achieved my ideal perspective or my goal or whatever. So you're writing like, um, you're writing in the present present tense, but it's something that you're manifesting. And so it's like you're seeing the end result and you journal about that. I love that. Uh, something that I did many years ago when I would have a lot of trouble with my body running. So this is at least a decade ago. And then still kind of in the muck of not really loving my body so much. I would spend the last half mile of every run thanking my body. So for half a mile, I actually think it might have been more than that. I would be like, thank you, eyelashes. Thank you, eyeballs. Thank you, heart. Thank you, liver. Thank you, kidneys. Thank you, toes. Thank you, toenails. Thank you, knees. Thank you, skin. Thank you, butt. Thank you, belly. Thank you, ears. Thank you, hair. Thank you, brain. Thank you, pituitary gland. Thank you, thyroid. I mean, I would thank every part of my body. And this really started to bring awareness to the gratitude that I have for the magnificence of the beauty that is the human body. So cultivate an attitude of gratitude. That's a big one. And then questions, be, you know, be curious. What, when you find yourself in that negative self-talk about the food or the way your body looks, what, ask yourself this, what would your life, or journal about this, what would your life look like without these thoughts? What would your life look like without these thoughts? And can you come up with a stress-free reason to keep them? And this is Byron Katie's work. Can you come up with a stress-free reason to keep those negative thoughts? So uh, getting curious um, and then committing. You have to commit. Just like when you sign up for a race, you commit to get to that starting line. You're committing to overcoming these issues. You're committing to healing through the symptoms and into whatever the essence of the imbalance is. 
And then always remember that no matter what, the vibration that you sit in in any given moment is the precursor to what you're manifesting in your life. It's not, the manifestation doesn't come from a dream in the future. The manifestation comes from the vibration of the energy that you're sitting in in that moment. That is the precursor to your future. So if you're sitting in negativity, that's what you're, yeah, that's what you're manifesting. And if you're sitting in gratitude, even if it feels fake, you're putting an attitude of gratitude out to the universe. That is what you're manifesting. Well said. Yeah. I th- you know, here's the deal, you guys. I could talk about this forever. I mean, this has been a journey in my life for a very long time, and I have endless suggestions, and we could go on forever. So how about this? How about I put this out there? What do you think about this, BJ? And you can be a part. I'd like you to be a part of it, too. At the very beginning, I was saying that, you know, this is, this is your journey and you need to heal it, but community is super important. So if anyone is interested in us putting together a private Facebook group where we could just be super real and authentic and non-judgmental and, you know, there to support other people... I think it's going to achieve a couple of things that will help to cultivate compassion for others because we're going to see that we are not alone and that our problems are shared. And then it will create community. You know, community is is so important for achieving your goals. And so if you guys are interested in that, um, we'd love to set it up and you could spread the word and invite anybody that you want to it that you think um, would benefit from it. Great. I love it. All right. Yeah. All right, dude. I got to catch a plane. Totally. Got to get out of here. Got to go. Oh my God, I just looked at the time. (laughs) All right. Thank you everyone for sending in your questions. Um, We'll be doing this again next month. Thank you for your support of the show. Patreon, Amazon, share the podcast. Let us know what you think. Keep sending us those emails, you guys. They're amazing. They keep us going. And uh, we've got some amazing interviews lined up and some already in the queue. So stay tuned, ride the high vibe. Heck yeah.